Hi. Are we recording? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Have you ever listened to a podcast of mine? <laughs> Do you know the layout? I haven't the slightest clue. Okay, well then don't freak out about what I'm about to do. What are you about to do? <laughs> What's up, drama fam? Welcome back to the Drama Pod. My name is Rachel. And my name is AJ. And we're here with another awesome episode. So for those who don't know who you are, tell us briefly. <laughs> you guys should see the way he's sitting close to the mic. Tell us briefly, who are you? What are you about? What's your vibe? All right, who am I? I'm Rachel's husband. And what's your vibe? If you could describe yourself in a few words or phrases. Stocks and gym. I make a living trading stocks and I'm doing reps for Jesus. <laughs> okay. We got married in 2019 and we were high school sweethearts. We went to college together. We went to college together. We went to the University of Florida. Go Gators. He actually came to UF for me. Do you want to tell that story? So I actually got a uh, full ride scholarship to the University of Central Florida. And so what did you do, babe? And when you came to that decision? Well, at the end of the day, I mean, both decisions were going to decide my future. Yeah. I mean, going to UF would solidify our relationship at that age, at what, 18 years old in a long distance relationship. It was just not ideal. Yeah. So you felt like our relationship was more important than the college that you went to. Correct. I mean, it was also the University of Florida. And that, I mean, when comparing those two universities, I yeah. always liked... As far as like academics and athletics, I always lean towards University of Florida. However, I didn't get a scholarship and right. money, money was a factor. Yeah. And you had to take out loans. Correct. Yeah. I had to take out loans for University of Florida. So, I mean, the full ride was looking really nice at, yeah. <laughs> for yeah. University of Central Florida. That was a, such an interesting time in our relationship because for some reason I knew I was always going to go to UF. My brother went there. Basically, we kind of both knew deep down, like it's either you come to UF or like we would have to do long distance or break up. And so you decided that you were going to come. And it's funny that we say long distance when in reality it was just <laughs> an hour and a half, two hours away from each other. Yeah, but that's like enough distance to where it's inconvenient. Sure, inconvenient. But just imagine if I went to like University of South California. Yeah, that's true. We were actually on a walk the other day. We were talking about this. Do you remember? The walk? <laughs> we were talking about this. And I was, and you were yes, like, no, I actually, I think if I went to UC, if you went to UCF, you were like, it would have been fine. And I was like, yeah, actually, you're right. But at the time, as an 18-year-old, everything seemed like life or death. Remember? Oh, yeah. Everything was drastic. I yeah. mean, like any small deviation from like, or I'm not or even going to get plan. to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So actually, I forgot. We normally do a vocab word of the day. And I think this one is applying to you. So the vocab word of today is salt junk. Which is probably one of my favorite little nibbles. <laughs> is nibbles a... Um, you know what's funny is my dad, when he says... He has a strong accent. He goes at work. He's like, give me a minute. I need to noodle through this. Noodle? Yeah, he's like, I need yes. to noodle through this. And I'm like, okay, you noodle through that. I'll be in my office. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of that. It's like this serious man looking at you and, and saying, get out of my office. I need to noodle through this. <laughs> Yeah, it is a funny word. So the salt junk means dried salted beef. And AJ is obsessed with dried salted beef. So it was just fate that you're going to be on this podcast today. I can't believe that's a word. Salt the, junk. They even add junk. the word junk. Yeah. And the challenge is we have to use the vocab word as much as we can throughout the episode. I like eating salt junk. Yeah, I guess you'll have to say that throughout the episode. 
whoever says it the most gets the most points because typically it's like a better word it's like a adjective or something and then these points add up and whoever wins gets what a hundred dollars and and we exchange it back and forth i'm just messing with you okay let's jump into some questions um it's kind of hard for me to tell what you guys know or don't know so um what's your nationality let's just get that one out of the way um filipino yep oh these are questions to me yeah i thought we were gonna give we're gonna people do advice a, we're gonna do a lot of stuff okay <laughs> it just no idea what's going on um is it bad that i've never listened to one of your podcasts it is kind of bad it is bad I can just, you explain your reasoning okay my reasoning is i thought it was just oriented towards females and my videos aren't touche but you don't really listen to podcasts in general do you no but you watch my videos right Oh, absolutely. Probably every single one of them. Really? I'm one of the, probably the first viewer, because what, you post at 9 a.m. and I'm just right there. Yeah. <laughs> I just click on the... So, explain what you do for work, because a lot of people asked about stocks. I don't think we'll get into, like, tips and stuff, because that's, like, a whole separate episode, but how did you transition from working for my dad? Let's talk about that for a little bit, and then how did you decide to leave? What was that thought process like? All right, so I've been into stocks particularly penny stocks since I was in college. I saw early success and I researched on how to maintain that success. And it did come with a lot of trial and error. Mm -hmm. A lot of money was made, but also a lot of money was lost. I kind of just perfected the strategies that I felt comfortable with. You graduated? Yeah, I graduated and started working for your, for Rachel's father. Why did you work for my dad? Like, what was your original plan? Like the OG, OG plan mm -hmm. was... To go to school for engineering. Okay, but then you wanted to be a doctor, no? <laughs> <laughs> and then, sure, yes, I wanted to be a doctor. You got a whole degree in biology from I have UF. An, I have, a, yeah, I have a bachelor's degree from the University of Florida and, in biology. And the last semester of college, mind you, I went into this thinking, the man I'm going to marry is going to be a doctor. And mm -hmm. last semester of college, he goes, Rachel, I'm not going to go to med school. And I did not freak out i know you guys probably thought i would freak out but i actually had such peace about it which i think was totally from god yeah i remember you were really calm about my decision so it was like january of our last semester and you guys know that ends in like may and we were sitting in my car after church and aj's like yeah i'm not gonna go to med school like it doesn't feel right and i'm like yeah that makes sense but it was so crazy because for the entirety of your college career we were both set on you going to med school i was mm -hmm. like researching things for you making sure like i could help you in any way i was like yeah i'm gonna be a med school wife and then god just like changed your mind and it was just the craziest thing because i felt so at peace but that's like a big decision to change it didn't make sense that i was changing my it decision it didn't make sense i mean Again, yeah, I did get a, an entire degree geared to preparing me for medical school. Your brother is in medical, or was of, at the yeah, time. Was. My mom's a doctor. Your mom's a doctor. It's just a family of doctors. So yeah, it didn't make sense. But I think my number one priority, or probably our number one priority, was getting married as soon as possible after graduating. Yeah. And in order to do that, 
you obviously need a house together and that requires a well, lot of money. This is something where we kind of disagreed. So I never specifically said we have to have a house, otherwise we can't get married. But I think you coming from like the provider mindset, you were like, I want us to have a house and I want us to like have all these things. Mm -hmm. And I remember you telling me like a big reason I don't want to go to med school is because I won't be able to provide for a long time. And you feel like that's a big part of your responsibility. So keep in mind, I had to take out loans for undergrad. So I had loans going, I would have been bringing loans or a debt into our marriage already. Yeah. So to take on another, what, $150,000 at least, debt, yeah, at least when your father gave me the opportunity to make a a really decent salary mm -hmm. you know with no background in construction i obviously grabbed the opportunity because it was a uh it was a safe job it was a safe income yeah am i sidetracking you no i think this is good like it's giving a history of our relationship okay so we both felt peace about that decision you started working for my dad and i was already working for my dad at the time because i graduated a few months early you actually had to stay for the summer because I think you failed a class. Correct me if I'm wrong. And that was just another sign that it wasn't for you. I dropped it. Yeah, you dropped a class so you had to retake it. And I remember this decision. You were like, should I stay for the summer and finish the class and get my degree? Or should I just go home and start working and not get the degree? And we were both like, no, get the degree. Mm -hmm. You know, that was definitely the right decision. But it was like, it was like three months of you being up there by yourself, finishing your biology degree, mm -hmm. knowing that you're not going to use it. And it was just a weird time. For those of you guys wondering what class that was, it was biochemistry. <laughs> so you started working for my dad. I think he worked for three years or so. Mm -hmm. How? How was it? And you can be honest. Oh, I, I will be honest. 100%. It was a uh, perfect example of a love-hate relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I loved it because it allowed me to use my hands. It allowed me to be, to, like, have a managerial status. Mm -hmm. To, like, to use my voice, to use my hands. It allowed me to utilize the things that I love using best, I guess. Basically, you started out as a warehouse person. Then you were a warehouse manager very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, actually, you started out in the shop, the fabrication shop. I started off as a general laborer. I did. <laughs> if you guys know anything about construction, you know what that means. That means literally anything. From cleaning bathrooms. And I'm not I'm not saying this to complain. I, I mean this as it's to give you guys the scope. It's humbling. Yeah, to give, yeah, it is humbling. But also to give you guys the scope of my responsibilities. From driving the forklift to cleaning the the bathrooms to sitting in on like meetings about business, like uh, like yeah. building updates and stuff like that. So then he was transferred from the fabrication shop to the warehouse. Then he became the warehouse manager and he kind of worked his way up to be kind of a production manager. It's kind of hard to explain because I would have to get into the nitty gritty, but he had a pretty important role by the time he left and it actually took him about five months to actually be able to leave from the time that he he told my dad that he was thinking of leaving to the time he actually left. It was five months. And that's because it was, you know, the business had to find a good replacement because he was in such a crucial role. It was not an easy decision. So how did that, how did you come to that decision to leave? My number one priority when it comes to, I guess, being a husband besides being like a, a spiritual leader and just a good husband in general is to be financially secure like to provide financial security again like the main factor in my decision was do we have enough money for me to stop working and to pursue 
to pursue whatever you wanted to pursue outside of that. Correct. You kind of knew from the beginning that this wasn't going to be your forever workplace. And well, not, not from the beginning. I wouldn't well, say let's that. Say yeah. Like a year or two in, you were like, yeah, I don't think this might be for me for ever. Mm-hmm. And, but you didn't want to leave until we had enough saved up to where you could go back to school or pursue another venture without leaving us dry. Correct. At the end of the day, someone who's trading stocks as a form of income, there is no guaranteed salary. There right. isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, people need to understand that. So you were actually making money. You were still working for my dad, making money. And then you made a, you had a really good year and we were able to save up a lot of money to the point where you finally felt comfortable to pursue it full time. Correct. So it, you had enough in your brokerage account to be able to say, yeah, I'm comfortable with this, um, to stay home and trade stocks every day. And then, so you're trading stocks and then what made you decide to go back to school? What are you in school for, by the way, to all the viewers I'm, or the listeners? I'm currently in a uh, bachelor's program for computer science. So you're getting your second bachelor's, eh? Getting my second bachelor's. My top priority would be to continue trading stocks. I feel more comfortable if I have a, I guess you could say, safety net. Mm-hmm. So the plan is after you graduate, you want to get a job, let's say a nine to five working from home where you can also trade stocks and live that kind of lifestyle, kind of similar to what Anna does. You guys know um, she works from home. She has a great job, great benefits. So you would be working in the tech field, something like that, but also being able to trade stocks, right? Correct. And interestingly, AJ trades better when he has a job. She's right. When I have a job, I have a secure salary. I have income, like guaranteed income. So my trades... I wouldn't say are necessarily riskier. Okay, you know what? They are riskier. Yeah, they are riskier. They're significantly riskier because I'm like, again, I'll never trade an amount that I'm willing to lose. Like you'll hear a bunch of stock gurus repeatedly say that. And I follow by that rule, but I will trade a decent amount. I'm riskier with my plays. With my plays. He takes riskier plays, which result in much higher gains when he has a job. So it's not that he's not successful when he doesn't have a job because he is. He just just, I think you psych yourself out a little bit because you're a little bit stressed because you're like, well, if I don't make money today, then, you know, all these negative thoughts start making their way into your head. But when you have a job, you're like, okay, let me invest this money. And if I lose it, it's okay because I have a job. It's like a Correct. psychology thing. I'm currently in a place where I have a psychological threshold that I want to meet my daily like PL. And if I hit it, I have to walk away Mm -hmm. because the last thing that I want as someone right now who's whose only source of income is trading stocks. The last thing that I want is to go red and by red, I'm like big red to where I lose all of last week's Mm -hmm. gains. So typically what he does is he trades in the morning and then in the afternoon you study. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when I come home and I see him still trading, I know it was a bad day. Not exactly. Or a really good day. But it's either really good or really bad. So funny. I mean, yeah, it's funny that you say that because last week, Monday through Thursday, I was focusing on school. Uh, The market was bad. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to uh, push off trading. I made a Mm -hmm. decent amount the week before. And then Friday, I traded all day, all day Mm -hmm. to make up my goals for the whole week, for the entire week. And it worked out. So in a sense, he doesn't even need 
to get this nine to five that he's going to get in a year from now when he finishes school. But he does need it psychologically. He doesn't need it financially. He needs it psychologically to feel comfortable taking riskier plays that he has taken in the past, which have got you to this position that you are now financially. It's such a weird thing. And we've only recently discovered this since he stopped working. And that's when we were like, okay, you need to go to school just to make yourself feel better. Mm -hmm. You don't need to go to school because you need to get a job. You just need it as like a psychological relief. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you've learned about yourself in the past six, eight months since you stopped working? I'm 100% an introvert. Really? 100%. Because I remember when when you stopped working, everyone was kind of like, is he going to be okay? Like home by himself all day? Because going from a manual labor job when you're talking to 50 people a day, coworkers and customers and all these things, and then going into isolation, trading stocks by yourself, people can go crazy. So how do you stay sane? One word, Vinny. <laughs> I mean, she is by my side, I want to say 80% of the time when I'm home alone. And I kid you not, her presence helps. I'm sure. But if I, even if I didn't have Vinny, I'm over the years, I guess, I mean, through all our experiences and whatnot, I've developed into an introverted person. Mm-hmm. So social interaction is not something that I crave daily. I crave. Yeah. It's if it's there, it's there. Yeah. And I think you do have a great time when you're with people and especially mm-hmm. when you're talking, you do talk to your friends a lot like daily. So that's normal. But I think it's just a matter of personality. Someone actually submitted a question saying that this might be weird, but Vinny kind of looks like AJ. <laughs> I was like, what? Hmm. But I can hmm. understand that because any animal I see, I'm like, that looks like Vinny. Okay. Someone asked, why are you guys not affectionate with each other? I think we are affectionate with each other. Just, I think we are both very respectful people in public and also on youtube so we're not very big into pda does that offend you no 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 no. it doesn't offend me because i'm sure what we portray on your videos probably isn't affectionate but i know to a certain degree i feel like affection shouldn't be all out there Mm -hmm. it should be saved like why are you trying to display it is your point exactly like i'm not and i'm not criticizing those that do display it on social media i'm saying i'm just saying i'm just the type of person and maybe rachel is too where we don't need to yeah we don't need to display it it's nice like i don't mind including it if it happens but like i think in the last video i included a clip of us like hugging on the floor we were like play fighting or something i was like trying to pick you up off the floor you posted that yeah oh okay yeah it was cute that was like one of the only moments of pda that i can think of and i I included it because I happened to get it on camera, but I don't like go out of my way to to be like, kiss me on camera so that people know that you like me. Mm -hmm. But that's what I'm saying. Like my surprise is, oh, you posted that because I mean, we do show affection to each other. Just you just don't post it. You just don't post it on, on, on YouTube. How did you know I was the one? Because I was going through a lot and I'm not even going to get into details in high school. And uh, I mean, she was there for me probably through no literally through every step every hardship every burden and uh she made me stronger she brought me closer to god she was one of the main reasons why i got saved so i mean that alone is enough for me to know that she was the one i think i told you this how i knew you were the one or like when i had final confirmation did i tell you we went on vacation it was like college and we went to universal studios together that's yeah i remember that It was like a little mini trip. So it's like an hour from our college. We went together with friends and I remember telling him to put on sunscreen and the fact that he didn't complain 
and like complied with my request without like being a dick about it was like oh and then of course like the logistics the just the logistics of the whole day yes the fact that we were able to work out like a logistical plan and stick to it i was like okay i can actually see myself with this person because it when you don't actually do hard things with someone you don't really know if they're compatible i wouldn't like a necessarily road trip. say uh planning a trip is such a difficult thing to do but you know me but, by now but we hadn't done it up to that point like we met wow. when we were 17 and we didn't go on a little trip till we were 21 that's true so that's when i was like oh like this is what life would be like with you going on a little trip and like having fun and mm-hmm. you realizing that i get hangry and like mm-hmm. you know yeah, you that i have did. to pee all the time and stuff like that i mean now you know that i on trips i am like that yeah, you're super type A. You don't seem like you're type A, but you're really type A. You're so, like, you love to plan and organize and lead and, like, be on time. And you're super type A in that regard, but you're I'm, also really chill. I'm just type A with certain people. Yeah. Like, I know my I know my place, I guess. I think it's, like, you care a lot when you have to, but when you, you know how to chill. Like, if something's not serious, you don't take it seriously. Versus someone like me, I get so worked up, and I take mm-hmm. everything seriously, and it drains my happiness. And that is why, on trips, I'm like that. Because I when, when I know that if I can plan things, now nothing's going to be perfect, but if I can plan things to minimize any, like any bad thing from happening, then your experience is going to be flawless. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, you're always putting my needs first, which is another reason why I knew he was the one. How do you handle conflicts in your marriage? I think we uh, we addressed this in one of our videos about do we fight or something like that. Mm-hmm. We, I, I know it sounds too good to be true, and but we really don't fight. Yeah, we used to a lot. But, but in now, college we did, yeah. Yeah, in college we fought a lot. And I think that just comes with any relationship. Mm-hmm. Once you get out of your bickering phase, you learn how to communicate. And I think you know how to communicate like we both know how to communicate with each other now like mm-hmm. for example today he told me in a very respectful and loving way that he was gonna go away for a weekend two weeks from now not confirmed i will just say that to see his friends mm-hmm. no it's just an example yeah he's learned how to approach these topics and keep in mind this is not a big deal but it's just like something that could have triggered me mm-hmm. if you guys listen to my last episode instead of me reacting i take a pause i think and then I respond. So he was like, yeah, I'm going to go on a trip with my friends. And, I'll, and I didn't say anything. I was just eating my dinner. A few minutes later, I was like, okay, when are you thinking of going? Like, I didn't have to respond right away. Mm-hmm. You weren't expecting a response right away. You put it out there and you said, hey, I want to do this. I thought about it. And then we moved on. I didn't tell you. I also didn't tell you I, I am going. Yeah. What are some boundaries that we put in place to protect our marriage? When I'm doing number two, she does not oh, go into the bathroom. my goodness. I mean, yeah, obviously he locks the door. You lock the door every time you're in the shower too. That's not true at all. I only lock the door if I poop before, if I, (laughs) (laughs) if I used the bath, if I used the, if I did number two before. Okay, Okay. move on, move on. (laughs) The door will be unlocked if it's just a shower. I don't frequently go in there though. Okay, so back to the question. What are some boundaries we put into place? First of all, do you think guys and girls can be just friends? No. Okay. I'm glad we agree on that. I know there's some exceptions. We don't have, we already, you need to listen to that episode. I told you to listen to it. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. You need to. Okay. What are some boundaries you put in place? This is like a mutual agreed boundary. We don't text the opposite sex. Correct. Like we, I, 
I don't remember the last time, I mean, if you can count my sister, but <laughs> I don't remember the last time I've held a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a female chief and I don't know, and, and got and who knows how long. I think since high school, because we put that into place pretty early. Yeah, we did. And I don't want you guys to think that we're like just holding each other hostage hostages and on a leash. It was a mutual decision and there was no resistance. Yeah, I think we were both so like obsessed with each other when we first put that guideline into place yeah like unhealthily obsessed yeah. we did have a bad phase yeah yeah it was bad like we would go through each other's phones yeah there was jealous there was definitely jealousy but here's the funny thing like we had already put that boundary into place this was in college by the way we had like the first year we had put that boundary into place but then we were still checking each other's phones even though like we knew what was happening and nothing would ever come up like we would never find anything mm -hmm. and then i think like a few months later we were like okay let's try to stop this because this is toxic i don't remember when or how we went about just stopping it all together but i i do remember it just kind of like phased it out. phased out i think we kind of chilled out um we also kind of stopped fighting as much and i think that had something to do with it i think we also both grew in our faith more mm -hmm. and we just kind of like matured a little bit i think we were both really immature Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we're so compatible now and like we don't fight now is because we really got it all out of our system. Yeah, that is true. We did fight a lot. I never have a desire to check your phone because I trust you so much. Me too. Because yeah. for the past five years since we instituted that boundary, I've never once seen you break it. And it's not that we don't share each other's passwords. Like your face biometrics is literally yeah. programmed into my phone. So it's, you can go and check it whenever. But I never do. Cause I never, never I, never I never want do. you to think that I am looking. So I don't want to disrespect you in that way. So I don't even like, what reason do I have to pick up your phone? Mm -hmm. Unless I actually have to, then I will. But we're also home together 24 seven. Well, I work, but okay true but i'm saying like you come home to me and we're home at night every night yeah so it's just us like i mean unless you're in gainesville with your friends okay yeah sure <laughs> <clears throat> but that's like for a few nights or one night and one night yeah and i have your location and, and yeah play. and yeah that's right we started sharing locations as soon as it became available that's true yeah we used the third party app before then yeah. that's how crazy we were <laughs> Because you didn't have an iPhone for a bit. You uh, had like a, a cheap Android. No, 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 no. I got an iPhone and the location, the sharing location services was not a thing at the time. So we used, I forgot what, it was like my family app or some something mm -hmm, like that. Yeah. But it's okay. I mean. We, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just hope you guys understand that we're not perfect and we've been through a lot of stuff and that's why we're like chill now. What has been the hardest part of marriage? Ooh, um, hardest part of marriage. It's so hard for me to, to differentiate like being girlfriend and boyfriend with marriage because we've been together since junior year of high school. But interestingly, you say that because we didn't live together before marriage. Correct. But I'm saying, I mean, that was literally the only difference. That was the only difference. Other than that, we didn't treat each other differently. Were you nervous to move in with me? Um, yeah, of course. I mean, listen, like I'm, I'm very particular about how I want things. No, I'm not. What am I what talking about? Saying? What am I saying? No, you trying I'm, to make stuff up? I am actually. <laughs> there was like a two week learning curve when I was like, oh, like actually you need to do the dishes. And you were like, oh, okay. Like I'll do the dishes. Like there was a okay. little bit of that. That's true. Uh, t just FYI, I do the dishes every night now. So this is not an issue, but I just want to point that out. Anyways, towards the beginning of our 
marriage, or I should say in college, I, we, I used to, uh, me and my roommates, we used to just pile the dishes. Mm-hmm. So and they would um, grow mold. It, you don't have to point that out, but it would pile up. Whoever, whoever did the dishes, did the dishes. And if no one did the dishes, then no one did the dishes. It kind of, you know, rolled into marriage and I was kind of doing the same thing. Not really. Yeah. You would just let him sit and I would be like, no, we're not going to do that. And right, then you yeah. didn't really have much resistance. You were, you were like, oh, why? But then I was like, it's, it's important to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, do it for me. And you're like, okay. And then you started doing it. Why does AJ not have social media and what are his thoughts on social media? Um, why don't I have social media? So this is kind of like a segue to the previous question about what our boundaries were, I think. Um, oh, I remember when we instituted these boundaries, I was like, delete your Instagram. And you did. I I don't even remember you telling me that. I remember. And I deleted mine. We both Um, deleted them. And I did not have an Instagram until I started my channel. But, uh, oh, why don't I have social media? Yeah, I deleted it a long time ago and I never felt the need to uh, reinstitute them. Yeah. Um, I've been fine without an Instagram, Snapchat. He does YouTube shorts. He refuses to get on TikTok, but he does YouTube shorts. You mean I have a YouTube account? That's what I mean. Like, he, instead of scrolling on TikTok, you scroll on YouTube shorts. I mean, it's, it's there, you know, it's, and what I love about it, it's that content creators that I like, like the fitness and like the stock people, they can, wait, no, that TikTok works the same way. See, I'm so out of line with like yeah. <laughs> how things work that I think I thought it, that was whatever different. Whatever you, whatever you start watching is what they push. Like if you watch a TikTok of a woman shaking her butt mm-hmm. and, you, and you don't scroll away, like they'll see that you're watching and they'll push more of that. So ladies, go on your husband's or your boyfriend's TikTok or shorts, whatever the heck app he's using and see what's popping up. If it's girls, just know for a fact that that's what he's watching. But who doesn't use YouTube shorts? Like who? nobody uses YouTube shorts. No, like, I mean, it's not like a, thir- it's not like a, a different app. It's via the YouTube yeah, app. Yeah, but they're all like recycled TikToks. Anyways, what are some red flags that you can, because most of our listeners are female. So what are some red flags in guys that you would say steer clear from? Hygiene. Yeah. Listen, it, it's 2022. If that guy, if your guy does not have good hygiene by now, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> there are just too many cosmetics and like just over the counter stuff. Just use it. I mean, yeah, like brush your teeth, take a shower. If they have bad hygiene, it's uh, if they what, can't. What else? Like personality wise? Oh, personality wise. Um, <laughs> That's a weird one to say. <laughs> and you said it so confidently. <laughs> hmm. Okay. If I died. No, if you died and I was supposed to get married again to someone else a long time in the future after 10 years of grieving, what qualities would you want my husband to have? Well, that's such a better question. Yeah, I would want him to be Christian and and everything else just falls into line with that. Yeah, I think about this so often. I, I, tell, I say this all the time, but I think about you dying often. I'm sorry. I think about me dying often. I think about both of us dying often, okay? But when it's me dying, all I want for you is a good Christian wife. Isn't that weird? I do not want you to be alone. I want you to find someone who like gives you everything you need and leads you closer to God. And then what that mm-hmm. does is it makes me reflect, okay, well, I'm his wife currently. Let me try to be that as to the best of my ability is that a weird thing no, no, to no, say no, no, not at all not at all I, that should be an exercise for everyone listening to this right now if you're with someone or you have like a significant other picture 
yourself passing away who would you want your significant other to end up with and be that to the best of your ability right because what i'm picturing now is someone who's significantly better than i am providing much more to rachel than i can ever and when you Mm -hmm. when you really think about that it's like okay you know what i gotta step it up yeah i'm not saying like you do i'm saying like the train of thought is what i'm saying how did you guys know you were ready for kids? Were you both on board at the same time? What was that process like? From the beginning of our relationship, we've always agreed on having kids. So like just having kids in general was was not an issue. But the timing, honestly, again, financially secure. And I feel like we're in a place right now where we're financially secure. Uh, I think that's probably one of the main factors that Rachel's thinking of. But she's also thinking of just fertility yeah biological clock yeah sure biological clock what well for me as a female i'm like yeah 25 is a good age for me a lot of people think that's young but for me Mm -hmm. um i am i've actually pushed myself to wait until 25 because if it were up to me i would have had them at like 23 a woman's prime is actually earlier than 25 just an fyi (laughs) thank you but yeah, in my culture and in my family and friend circle, it's very common to have kids in your early 20s. So for me, it was a lot of patience. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. He's um, raising his hand. I'm raising my hand because by woman's prime, I don't mean like just her like prime overall. I mean like fertility, not like, oh, of, she's just most beautiful of when course, she's... Of course. Of course. people to think <laughs> that I'm... Yeah. You know. Do you recall a year ago, I told you on my 24th birthday, I said in one year from now, we will start trying. And I said, no. Yes. He said, he actually said, do not bring it up again. Cause I was bugging him about it. I was like, I, I wanted mm. you to agree with me immediately and you weren't. And yeah. so I kept bringing it up like every night. And he was like, don't talk to me about it for another six months. And I think I made it to like four months and I brought it up again. I was like, Hey, eight months from now, I want to start having a kid. And eventually he was like, okay, okay let's do it. I mean, as a husband, I have to, you have to listen you have to listen to your wife and not you have to hear your wife so i heard my wife and and then once you hear your wife you have to think why why is she bringing it up and she's bringing it up because she felt that it was the right time for her to be pregnant i had to look at it from her perspective and in doing so i was like okay you know what it's time <laughs> yeah yep it's time you just have to be understanding and uh, and ladies i gave him fair warning we always knew it was age 25. Like since since like three years ago, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, age 25 sounds good. And every year I would remind him, yeah, we're one year closer, one year closer, age 24. I was serious and I made sure to remind him that it was coming because they need notice. You can't just spring it upon them and say, let's start trying next month because they're going to freak out. So just be mindful of that. And then if you're mindful of their feelings, they will be mindful of yours, hopefully. Okay, let's get into some advice emails. Salt junk. See, point for me. I said it. Out of context. Okay, so we usually take turns reading, so I'll read the first one. Okay. Hi, ladies. This is sent Uh, to me and Anna, but AJ's here in Anna's place. Anna's out of town, by the way. She'll be back next week. But what if, what if, um, I'm not going to say this sender's name, but what if she doesn't want... She's going to have to take it or leave it. Well, don't say that. Okay, never mind. Any advice on coping with Sunday scaries or the feeling of dread before needing to go to work? 
I'm a nurse and work in hospital shifts, which obviously cover 24 seven. And I struggle with needing to go into work when my family and friends are relaxing and spending time together. I feel you can relate to this because you used to work Saturdays, even on days I'm not working, but I need to sleep. For example, in between night shifts or needing to go to bed earlier in order to wake up at 5 a.m. the next day. I don't want to leave everyone and feel like I'm missing out on spending time together. I obviously try to make up for this by spending time together and having fun when we all can, but this isn't very frequent and it's still difficult when I need to leave the party all the time. Any advice on how to cope with this better? I'd really appreciate it. Also, can you tell us what happened to Junebug? Junie. Yeah, I miss her. I remember her. Junie was a little black kitten that we fostered for a few weeks, and then we found her home. We did. Yeah, we did find her home. We took her there ourselves, and yeah, the people. I, felt I posted up. her on adoptapet.com, and then we got applications, and then we mm-hmm. gave her up. But anyways, so I feel like you can relate to this because you used to work Saturdays and you almost never were able to do anything. How would I, how did I combat Sunday scaries? Oh, I'll tell you. What? AJ combated Sunday scaries by staying up very late and he was doing, it's like a scientific term. It's like procrastination of relaxation. Something like that. Where you want to extend your relaxation time so you end up not going to bed on time because you don't want the next day to start. Mm-hmm. That's what you did. Sure. That's what I did, but I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. What I would recommend as my for first formal piece of advice. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, what I would recommend is to make the most out of your Saturday and Sunday to the point where you just want to go to sleep. Really? Yeah, so like I felt Sunday scaries more when you were bored. Prominently when I was bored. Yeah, when I was bored and I was just watching football, waiting for dinner. Obviously, those those stagnant moments where all I can do about is think about work. Of course, I mean like I'm just dreading it. Yeah. But like when we would do stuff, like go shopping, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like when we would keep ourselves busy mentally and physically, and then go grab like a nice lunch and then cook a nice dinner. When we were just occupied in every way possible. That's actually really good advice. Sunday scaries was minimized. I mean, it's it's gonna be there. Yeah. Hi. You have to into the mic. Shoot, I forgot. Hi, I'm gonna fill in Anna's name with AJ. Hi, AJ and Rachel. I really love your podcast and genuinely laugh out loud when I'm listening. I need some relationship advice. My boyfriend and I have been together for seven years and we met when I was 18 and he was 21. There have been two instances that have caused some trust issues for me, but these happened quite early in our relationship. One was texting his ex a few weeks after we started dating and the other was texting a coworker being flirty. I found out about these by going through his phone because I'm crazy. Because <laughs> I'm crazy. You're not crazy. I mean, like everyone. If you're, if you go through your his phone and you find something, you're not crazy. You're normal. Yeah. That, that's. Should we be normalizing that? I don't want to get criticized no, for normalizing don't that. Don't do it. But everyone does it. Everyone does it at some point. Everybody has those days. <laughs> Anyway, a few months ago, he came to me about how our relationship has not been a priority for either of us. We've definitely been stuck in a mundane life with little to no excitement in our relationship. I was dealing with some severe mental health issues at the time, and he was worried that I had stopped taking care of myself and wasn't sure if I would continue to be better. I was very confused because I didn't think ending the relationship would be helpful for my mental health and felt like these thoughts he was having came out of nowhere. This is important. I made some changes in my life and got on medication 
attention for my mental health and have been doing so much better. Our relationship has never been better and I'm genuinely so happy. However, because those feelings he was having seemed to have come out of nowhere, I began to feel paranoid about the real reason he was having those thoughts. Was there someone else? Does he not love me anymore? Etc. I have had the strong urge to go through his phone because I'm worried that he's texting another girl or something like that. I can't seem to shake this feeling of paranoia, but I don't want to disrespect his privacy by going through his phone. I talked to him about the way I was feeling and he assured me that there was nothing going on with anyone else and I have nothing to worry about. Do you have any advice for getting over feelings of paranoia? My therapist pointed out that these feelings are only hurting myself and there isn't anything I can do about the situation unless I, I am provided with evidence. In parentheses, I have control issues, lol, but I can't seem to get past it. Thank you, and I am sorry this is so long. So as a guy, put yourself in this situation. If you already told me that there's nothing to worry about and that I'm being paranoid and I was still paranoid about it, how would you want me to approach you and say, hey, I'm still having these feelings? How would you like that to be done? It's it's hard giving advice to, to the female mm-hmm. because as a male, like I would want to show you that there is nothing to be paranoid about. And how do I show you that there is nothing to be paranoid about? I voluntarily show you. Like if your paranoia is that I must be texting another female mm-hmm. or talking to another girl, then I want to I want to show you that. Listen, look, I like want you, you would to give trust me, me. You would show me your phone. Yeah, I would sit there with you and go through everything and show you app by app that I am not talking mm-hmm. to another female. But I'm not him. Right. Like, I'm not. I'm not. So um, maybe he's feeling irritated at your constant nagging him, being like, you're cheating on me. You're cheating on me. He's so t- maybe I'm not saying this is true, but maybe he's just so tired of it that he's like, if you either take it or leave it, like you either believe me or you don't. So that's a tough situation, too, because if it's been going on for so long and he's showed you in the past, he may be like, well, how many times do you want me to show you? So at that point. It's an internal issue. But if he hasn't ever showed you his phone, mm-hmm. I would think that would be the next logical step. I mean, I will I will say this. Yeah, if he has never given you the opportunity to look at look through his phone, which I, I think she's I think she said he had she has, right? She's gone through it at the beginning of the relationship and she found something. Okay. But that was a long time ago. Oh, okay, yeah, but 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 listen, if he hasn't given you the opportunity to look through his phone or if he's just completely against it, I'm sorry, but that's a red flag. Yeah like from the beginning i agree um at least once like maybe if he showed you once and then you keep asking like i'm not judging you because i've been there mm -hmm. but if he's shown you once then it's reasonable for him to get annoyed at you constantly asking yeah but if he hasn't ever volunteered it i would say that's a red flag i agree it it, it depends um if he's open with it and you're still you know pushing him I could see from a guy's perspective how that could be just overwhelming. Like guys don't like Mm -hmm. to be bothered. I would approach him kindly and nicely. And I would say, hey, I'm sure you're aware, but I'm still kind of struggling with this. I really have the urge to go through your phone. I know I shouldn't have the urge, but it's still like bugging me daily. Can you help me? Like, can we sit down together and go through it? Or like, can you just open your phone and show me? Like, I know it's so awkward and he's he's gonna get irritated, but there's no other way to stop the nagging that you're feeling, so. Mm. I mean, we're, we're talking about your mental health here. So I'm assuming since he's your boyfriend, he's aware that you're on medication. He's aware that you're seeing a therapist. Um, I'm not sure if he's aware of the reasoning, but again, if he deserves you, he is doing everything in his power to to lessen those, how do I say, to lessen those fears, lessen Yeah, them. that's a tough one. We'll be praying for you. 
Keep us updated. If something develops and this keep us updated, send us a follow-up. Hi guys, I wanted to ask how y'all decided that you wanted to have kids someday. A little context, my husband and I had always talked about having kids before getting married, but now I'm not sure I'm not so sure that's the path for us. We've been married for about 10 months and we are in our early 20s, so we definitely have time, but I've been thinking about this a lot since a couple of my friends are starting to have kids. I never really thought about having kids as an option, just what's expected. I grew up Catholic and now I'm a non-denom Christian like AJ. I also think I romanticized parenting growing up and mostly only thought about things like Christmas morning, the first day of school, first steps, and other big milestones. I didn't think about the mundane and exhausting side of being a parent. I would likely be the one staying home if we had kids since my husband makes more career-wise. But the thought of that just makes me nauseous and stressed out. My husband and I also have mental health struggles anxiety and bouts of depression that we've dealt with pretty much our whole lives, which make me rethink parenting as well. I also think about all the ways we could serve in the church that we wouldn't have time or energy for with kids, like long-term mission trips, hosting women from the women's shelter at our house, volunteering, and not having so many expenses or school schedules. I honestly just don't have the desire to have kids recently. I've been praying about this and asking friends their opinions, but everyone I talk to wants kids. I feel alone, and I'm already dreading one day when their kids take up most of their lives, and I'm worried I'll feel left out. But of course, that's not a good enough reason to have kids. What advice do you have for how to discern if this is God's path or if I'm just anxious or selfish with what I want my life to look like? I'm going to start off by saying pray about it. And I see that you have been praying about it. I don't think it's wrong to not have kids. I don't think, I also don't think it's wrong to not have kids. If you're making a, this is, to have kids is a gigantic like step. It's a, Mm -hmm. and we can only speak about preparation to have kids because we don't even have kids. Mm -hmm. So we don't even know what we're getting into. But what was our train of thought like leading to this big decision? Years of talking about it. Yeah. Years of talking about it, praying about it. And just, I I already mentioned this, but financial security, like I would not be comfortable having a child right now if we weren't able to support him or her and provide the utmost best quality provisions. And yeah, that's also kind of, I also don't agree with that, but that's also coming from your desire to provide as a husband and father versus me. I'm like, I don't care if we're poor. I still want to have kids, Mm -hmm. but that's a different subject. But, but specifically her situation, the advice asker (laughs) if you're if you're genuinely praying and if just life which is god's way of communicating with you if life is telling you right now is not a good time then i don't think it's a good time yeah i would listen to your gut and if your gut's telling you no i don't think that it's necessarily selfish i would say try to envision your life 50 years from now when you're 60 years old 70 years old and you look back on your life do you are you satisfied with it just being you and your husband in mm-hmm. your circle because at that point your parents will be gone your siblings will be with you god willing but they'll have their own nuclear families that they've created so are you okay with it just being you and him for the next 50 60 years mm-hmm. um, will that fulfill you And if the answer is yes, that's awesome. But if you're like, oh crap, like to have another 50, 60 years with no additional family members added, that can be eye-opening. I just don't think anyone should ever feel pressured to have children. You also said that you would have to be the one to stay home while he works. 
That's not necessarily true. I mean, I don't know what your jobs are, but you could always put the kids in daycare and they go to school eventually. So you would be able to work and have your own career if that's what you wanted. So I wouldn't let that be the only deciding factor. I would just want to, obviously she's not here to, to, to answer my question, but what part of that makes her nauseous and stressed out? Maybe you can I think she's this. just not super into kids and like the idea of staying home with kids all day is mm-hmm. scary because she doesn't like that. Okay. This is the last one for today. Hey, Rachel and AJ, I hope you both are doing well. My husband and I have been together for over four years and married for five months now, and I love him a lot. A year of watching Rachel on YouTube and also listening to this podcast, I have come to a realization that Rachel and I are very similar. During Rachel's wife talk and marriage advice videos, I see how similar Rachel and I are, which goes to say that sometimes I lack at respecting my husband when things don't work my way. I find myself saying things I don't mean at all, but in the heat of the moment, I blast out at him. He never gets angry at me, but I want to improve and I'm working on it. My question for you is that, do you still find yourself falling into such situations? My other issue is since being married to him, literally no one and nothing affects me anymore. If a friend or relative was to be bad or mean to me, I wouldn't care at all. But at the same time, if my husband fails to behave even slightly differently, I get pissed off or upset. Do you have any advice for me? Lots of love to both of you and wish you immense happiness. So basically she's saying that she holds her husband to a completely different standard than her friends and family. Mm -hmm. If her mom or dad is mean to her, she doesn't care. But if her husband like steps foot in the house the wrong way, she blows up. Might be hard for you to answer because you're a guy, but... This may be like reminiscent of our past interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, Things were like this during our uh phase of our life where things were really really bad like we would or at least i can't, I can't really speak for you because i don't think you really blew up on me but i used to get mad at you for like the smallest things i think we both did yeah so okay your first question is my question is to you do you still find yourself falling into those situations i think you should answer that because i think she's asking you i think as we mentioned earlier we don't really do this anymore but i can definitely empathize with you because it's hard to get out of that cycle of constantly thinking everything your partner's doing is the wrong thing and i saw this tiktok the other day of it was like this girl and she was like something about being 16 and you forgot to tell your boyfriend that you went to the store with your mom and he's yelling at you for it or like something like that when you're in such a toxic dynamic Mm-hmm. everything seems like it's the end of the world. Yeah, but there's a there's a root to this. And the root to this is, I think, I don't want to assume, but I think she's revolving, her life revolves around him. Yeah. I think you went through something similar to where, like, I could have sworn you, you talked about this before. I think what you're trying to say is, when I sit back and realize, okay, he put his shoes by the door, and I don't enjoy that. But I also need to realize, AJ is a man, He has his own will, his own way of doing things, and he owns 50% of this house. So if he wants to put his shoes by the door, who am I to say no? So in a sense, it was humbling for me to realize, why should he do everything I say? Like, why should he adapt to me? And why shouldn't I adapt to him? Why shouldn't I let him put his shoes by the door and let him do the dishes whenever he wants and let him, you know, Mm -hmm. why am I the one who gets to say how the house gets run? So I think maybe this might benefit you and just stepping back and, and realizing, why did you marry your husband? I'm sure he's a good guy. I'm sure he's amazing. So just remember that he's not an idiot. 
Mm-hmm. He's not stupid. He does what he does for a reason. I know what you're, I know what you're trying to say now. I highly recommend this book, Empowered Wife, The Empowering Wife, something like that. It completely changed my life um, on the inside in terms of like the way I think of things. Mm-hmm. I no longer look at AJ and say, how can he make my life more convenient around the house? I look at him and I think he is an equal, he is a partner, and he is actually the leader of the house. Mm-hmm. And if he wants to put his shoes by the door, that's what it's going to be. And I can express my will and my desire and he loves me enough to change. But even if he didn't change, I need to be okay with that. And so I think what we need here is a humbling moment and to step back and to say, why did I marry my husband? List 50 good things about him. And after you're done writing that list, you won't care about this little thing that's pissing you off. Yeah, I agree. It's also the fact that he doesn't get angry at you. Yeah. Like that's, that needs to be humbling to you. That needs to be humbling, yeah. You need to seriously pray and be like, wow, forgive me. And I, I'm being hard on you because you are me. I am you. I struggle with this. To answer your question, yes, I still struggle with this. And when I find myself in these cycles of criticism and bringing my husband down and telling him everything he's doing wrong, I need to step back and pray and ask for forgiveness. But it's never too late. Your husband sounds amazing. Seems like he's an angel and he puts up with you the same way AJ puts up with me. So yeah, just uh, ask for forgiveness. Try to be kind. Read the book, Empowering Wife. And um, I'm sure it'll be uphill from here. Then her second question. She's uh, struggling with the fact that she doesn't react the same way to family and friends. I think that just goes to show how critical we can be of our husbands Mm -hmm. and the curse of man from god when eve and adam and eve ate the apple god cursed humanity and he said the woman will want to rule over her husband and the man will have to work for everything he eats so women why is it that our men have to go to work every day and it's a constant struggle to provide well it's because of the curse of man Mm -hmm. and women why are we constantly nagging our husbands it's because the curse of the woman. We we want to rule over our husbands and we will have to fight every day against that. Correct. You you probably just feel, and you're correct in feeling this, that you have more influence on your husband and you can change your husband than you can change your friends and relatives. And it's not true. It you is can't. not true? It's not true. You oh, can't oh, yeah. change your husband. How many times have you told me, and guys, this really puts me in my place. Sometimes, <laughs> like with studying... I'm like, oh, did you study today when I think that he didn't study enough? And I think AJ should study more today mm-hmm. based on no information that I have. I don't know how much he studied. I just assume that he didn't study enough. And what do you tell me? I studied enough? No, what do you tell me? Oh, oh, I say <clears throat> nothing you say will make me study more or something like that. You say nothing you say will influence my actions when it comes to this specific topic. Yeah, because yeah, of course yeah. with other things yes but when it comes to studying rachel nothing you t- nothing you say will impact how much i do or do not study so you better just save the energy mm-hmm. and guys that is so humbling the first time he told me that it was for a different topic like a while ago and i got pissed i was like how dare you talk to me like that but then he kept saying it and i was like you know what like you're right like what right do i have to come home and say you need to study more like what yeah who am i 
Why am I assuming these things? Do I not think you're smart and capable enough to handle your own schedule? Did I marry a dum-dum? No. I, I mean, I, I respect positive encouragement. Like you encouraging me, hey, um, or you just simply asking, like, did you, do you feel like you studied enough? Mm-hmm. And if, if I do, then I, I, I mean, you respect it now that you respect that I feel, I feel uh-huh. that I've studied enough. Right. Or instead of being like, how much did you study today? I could just be like, hey, how was your day? Yeah. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I don't have to ask pointed questions to, to get the answer that I want. Because guys but, are not, guys can sense BS from a mile away. Yeah. Like yeah. you can sense when I'm probing. Correct. I know. I, sh- I shut it down immediately. Yeah. It's also the fact that, I mean, obviously actions speak louder than words. If you do have every right to be skeptical of whether or not I'm studying, but if, if I'm literally passing all my classes, <laughs> then... Right. Yeah. But if I'm not, then by all means, that, that brings up a whole different topic. Yeah, sure, of course. you can bring it up. That's just you simply looking out for my well-being. Mm-hmm. The idea here is to trust until proven otherwise. In oh, any yeah. relationship, we should give the benefit of the doubt and just give him a chance. If he passes his classes, that means he's doing fine. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to myself here. So how was your experience being on the podcast? I think it was a little awkward at the beginning. Oh, but- yeah, definitely a little awkward. But you got um, more comfortable. Yeah, it's just something about speaking into a microphone to like an audience. I mean, you're aware of the audience that you have. Yeah. I'm not. I'm simply just speaking into the microphone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, over as uh, minutes rolled by, I started like, okay, you know, people are going to listen to this. I really, I really need to speak into this. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, no, I enjoyed it. It was a really good experience. I'm going to have to interchange with... Uh, me and Anna are gonna have to take turns because I already like. You really it, liked it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. So this is. I know it was fun. Um, See, he, you were nervous about giving advice, but isn't that the most meaningful part of this? It is because I, I really want the best for all of our followers. Like all of our followers that are submitting. I, I like me personally. I love helping people, mm-hmm. but I want to give correct advice. So that's why I was hesitant because I I didn't yeah. know if you and Anna are like that too. Like Anna's super hesitant to give mm-hmm. advice, and I'm like. No, if he does this, cut him out. <laughs> yeah, because these are like serious questions mm-hmm. that are being asked. But yeah. you gave good advice. You were pretty concrete. So I like to give concrete answers. Mm-hmm. So you did good. Um, just so you guys know, we do have a few other emails that we didn't get to today. We'll tackle those with Anna when she gets back. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please give us a five-star review and subscribe. It really helps the podcast. And let us know if you liked this episode with AJ, if you want him to join again. Yeah, babe. Um, thanks so much for having me. I would, I would definitely like to be featured again. Okay. Let's right. see what the, what the viewers say. Let's, let's see. Let's wait for the feedback. If they, uh, if they dislike me, then, you know, I'll accept that. Alrighty. Signing out. All right. Ciao, guys. Ciao, guys.